0: This is an ABC podcast. Fierce. girl, power. girl power. This is the story of the girl who climbed the world's highest mountains, Alyssa Azar, read by gold medal winning Paralympic swimmer Ellie Cole.
1: Avalanche! Alyssa Azar sat boat upright in her sleeping bag she rubbed her eyes. Was she dreaming? She'd been tossing and turning all night with anticipation. It was tough to get to sleep knowing that in just a few hours, she would be climbing to the top of the highest peak in the entire world, Mount Everest. Avalanche! She wasn't dreaming. Alyssa unzipped her tent and scrambled into the snow. Where's the avalanche? She asked. Is everyone okay?" A block of ice the size of a 10-storey building had snapped away from the mountain, plummeting to a stop just above Everest Base Camp, where Alyssa had been sleeping. A group of Sherpas were caught in the path. Sherpas are local climbers who guide visitors up the mountain. They were preparing the route for Alyssa and other foreigners when the ice came tumbling towards them. What can we do? Alyssa asked. We have to help find them. But there wasn't much she could do. It was too dangerous. Helicopters hovered overhead, winching out the injured and taking them to hospital. They also lifted out bodies, 13 of them. Three were never found. Alyssa was numb. She waited in shock until the official announcement came. The climbing season was ending early, and so was her dream of reaching the summit. Alyssa packed her gear and boarded a plane from Nepal back to Australia. There would be no hero's welcome when she landed. But that was the last thing on Alyssa's mind. The true heroes were the Sherpas. Alyssa felt devastated for their families. Family was everything to her. Dad, you have to let me come to Kokoda. Alyssa was six when she started harassing her dad to let her do the Kokoda trek. That's a 96 kilometre hike through dense jungle, rugged mountains and raging rivers in Papua New Guinea. More than 600 Australian soldiers died there in World War II. Alyssa's dad was an army medic and fitness trainer who led tourist expeditions along the trail. But there was no way he was letting his daughter do something so treacherous. I'll tell you what, he said. You train every day for a year and you can come. Alyssa's eyes lit up. Her dad severely underestimated her willpower. She walked and climbed and jogged, jogged and climbed and walked, all while carrying a heavy backpack every day for 365 days straight. Done, Alyssa exclaimed. Now, let's book that trip. Everyone thought it was a terrible idea. Irresponsible, they cried. Outrageous. Bad, bad parenting. But Alyssa's dad kept his promise. But deep down, he was worried she wouldn't make it. Either that or he'd have to piggyback her the whole way. So he organised two grown-up friends to come with them and he set aside 16 days for the trek. Twice the usual length. Dad, I'm bored, Alyssa said. Can we keep moving? Alyssa's biggest pain on the trail was when the adults wanted a break. All they did was sit around talking. Sitting around talking was no fun. Alyssa wanted to play. There was no Wi-Fi, so she tried cartwheels. Alyssa, stop it, her dad said. You'll use too much energy. But Alyssa's energy was endless. Scaling the highest peak of the trail, Mount Bellamy, was practically a piece of cake. I'm on top of the world, Alyssa thought to herself. Or am I? When she found out the real top of the world was Mount Everest, that became her goal. Do you think I could do it, dad, she asked. It was a big question for an eight-year-old. Let's just get through this trek first, her dad said. Alyssa finished the Kokoda Trail in eight days, half the length of time her dad had planned for. She became the youngest ever person to complete the trek, and she didn't need a single piggyback along the way. Alyssa's first attempt to climb Everest was stopped by an avalanche. But... She wasn't ready to give up. When she turned 18, she returned, determined to try again. I can't wait for tomorrow, she thought to herself as she snuggled down into her sleeping bag. Alyssa woke shaking. No, she wasn't shaking. The ground was shaking. A deep rumble echoed in the distance. Avalanche, Alyssa whispered but she tried to stay calm. She'd heard avalanches in the distance before. They weren't all disasters like the one on her last visit. As long as no one was in the way, avalanches were nothing to worry about. The rumble grew louder. It sounded like an oncoming train. Louder and louder and louder. Alyssa peeked outside. A gigantic wall of white was hurtling straight towards her. She died to the opposite side of her tent and curled her body into a ball, carefully cradling her face in her arms with a gap between her mouth and her elbows. She figured she needed to create a pocket of air to help her breathe in case she was buried by snow. Just breathe, just breathe, just breathe. Alyssa thought to herself, stay down, stay down, stay down. When the rumbling stopped, Alyssa slowly unfurled her body half of her tent was flattened. If she hadn't moved, she would have been crushed. She fumbled for a zipper. A ray of light seeped in through the snow. Alyssa crawled towards it. She was above ground. Help! Alyssa helped dig and pull Sherpas and climbers out from the snow and rubble, but she couldn't get to everyone. 21 people died on Everest and more than 60 were injured. It wasn't until Alyssa left base camp that she realised just how massive the earthquake had been. Nepal was a wreck. Entire villages were destroyed. 8,000 people had been killed and more than 20,000 hurt. Once again, she flew back to Australia with a broken heart. Come on, Alyssa her family said. What can we do to make you happy? Maybe it's time to start training again. It took time for Alyssa to bounce back to her old self. She loved Nepal and the people there. Thinking about the devastation caused by the earthquake was overwhelming. But without training and without a goal, Alyssa felt lost. She couldn't quit. Third time lucky. Just one step at a time, Alyssa told herself. Just one step at a time. Alyssa was stepping carefully along the rungs of a metal ladder, placed like a bridge across a crevasse. A crevasse is a giant crack in the ground, similar to a canyon. One slip and she could plunge into the icy depths below. Made it, Alyssa sighed with a relief. Solid ground beneath her boots had never felt so good. She'd been practising for weeks, slowly climbing part of the way up Everest, then back to base camp, then a little higher on the next loop, and a little higher and higher again. When the Sherpas said she'd done enough looping, it was time to keep climbing, closer and closer to the summit. The wind grew stronger and icier the further Alyssa climbed. It was too cold to even contemplate pulling your pants down to pee in the snow. She had to use a water bottle or a bag as a toilet. Alyssa could hear what sounded like a plane flying close by. It was the jet stream. That's the name for the westerly wind at the top of Everest. Climbers have to time their final stretch just right to avoid it or risk being blown off the mountain altogether. As Alyssa climbed higher and higher, the air became thinner and thinner. She needed an oxygen tank and mask to breathe, even in her sleep. Climbers call the point above 8,000 metres the death zone because of the lack of oxygen in the air. Even the fittest, most experienced mountaineers often have to turn back because they feel so exhausted. Or worse, their brains swell and their lungs fill with water. Extreme altitude sickness. Alyssa was starting to feel it. Her head throbbed, her appetite was gone, her tummy ached. She grew weaker and weaker, slower and slower, taking 45 minutes to climb just 100 metres. Alyssa changed her oxygen bottle and squinted. There, amidst the blankets of white, were red, blue and yellow Buddhist prayer flags flapping in the wind. Keep going, she told herself. You've almost made it. She kept walking, one step at a time. One foot in front of the other. Until... Alyssa was standing at the highest point on Earth. 8,848 metres above sea level. Woohoo! If oxygen wasn't so precious, she'd have yelled some more. Alyssa's cheeks ached from smiling beneath her mask. This is it, she thought. The best moment of my whole life so far. She pulled out her camera and took a selfie. Climbers can't stay at the summit for more than 20 minutes or they'll run out of air. So Alyssa took one final look around. Nepal sat below her on one side and Tibet on the other. Hmm, she thought like to climb up from the Tibet side? (sighs) Maybe next time. Alyssa Azar became the youngest Australian ever to climb Everest. And soon after, the youngest woman to reach the summit from Nepal and Tibet. But she never set out to break records. Alyssa just had a goal. And when she reached it, she was on top of the world. How determined is Alyssa Azar? For me personally, I think this is a great lesson in determination. It took her three attempts to top Everest, which is a great message in never giving up. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fierce Girls. My name's Ellie Cole and I'm a champion Paralympic swimmer. You can hear more fierceness on this podcast, like this one about Mary MacKillop, the first Australian saint and educator of the poor.
0: Mary McKillop didn't think it was fair that some children missed out on school because their parents couldn't afford it. So she started a group of nuns called the Sisters of St Joseph who opened schools in the bush where everyone was welcome. The nuns were such good teachers that thousands of kids signed up and priests wanted to take over. The Sisters of St Joseph rule the schools, thank you very much, Mary said. The sisters weren't scared of priests, and when they heard about one priest hurting children, they dobbed him in and he was dismissed. But the priest's boss, the bishop, thought that Mary was too rebellious. "'Sister Mary of the Cross, you are excommunicated,' he declared. That's like being expelled from school.' Luckily, the bishop changed his mind, and even the biggest boss in the Catholic Church, the Pope, gave Mary his blessing. Today, Mary is known as a saint and her spirit lives on with the sisters of St. Joseph and Catholics across the world who all follow her motto, never see a need without doing something about it.
1: To hear more awesome episodes of Fierce Girls for free, go to the ABC Listen app or other podcast apps on your mobile device. Keep being fierce and remember to never give up. Roll the credits.
0: Fierce Girls is produced by a bunch of super fierce women and one snazzy guy. It's produced by Alex Lowellback. The executive producers are Justine Kelly and Monique Bowley. The stories are written by the uber-talented Samantha Turnbull. David LeMay is the amazing audio engineer who puts in the cool sound effects like this one. Kelly Reardon is the boss who lets us make fierce podcasts like this one. Fierce Girls is a production of ABC Audio Studios. And if you need more fierceness in your life, head to the Fierce Girls website, where you'll also find colouring and sheets and posters of your favourite fierce
1: girls.